Welcome to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of No Heart Left Behind, Alicia Stickles. If we're honest, family life can be hard. Family can be our greatest blessing, but also the source of our deepest wounds. At No Heart Left Behind, we have a passion to empower families to thrive with the Word of God and the love of Christ. So each week, we're going to have real conversations about hard issues facing families today. It is our hope that you would be equipped with practical tools based on biblical principles for when life happens and relationships get messy. In other words, how do we flesh out all those Bible verses we know when life isn't looking like we had hoped? If you're in a season of family life that feels hopeless or you have a heart to navigate the challenges of family well, but just don't know how, you're in the right spot. So whether you are driving in your car or checking off one of your honeydews, pop in those earbuds and come find hope in the heart of family life with us. Welcome back to No Heart Left Behind's Hope in the Heart of Family Life podcast. I'm your host and executive director of NHLB, Alicia Stickles. In this podcast, we have real conversations about hard issues facing families today in hopes that the conversations would equip you with practical tools based on biblical principles for tough topics and seasons of family life. Today, we will jump into part two of my conversation with Katie Morris Leberton, a social media professional and the redhead of the Redhead Method Social Media Education, to talk about important principles and strategies parents can implement to help teens successfully and safely navigate the online world. If you haven't had the chance to listen to part one of the conversation, you're going to want to back up and listen to that gold mine of information before listening to part two. But if you're all caught up, pop in those earbuds and let's jump back in with Katie. We've kind of set up, or at least in my mind, like (laughs) this is why your job is so important. It's like I'm realizing it is for social media, it is a perfect storm, right? Like, and it's just very contra it's, it's hard for parents to navigate because of everything we've just said. So you started talking out, talking about how, you know, for, for teenagers these days, social media is it's, it's social currency. It's the way they interact with their friends. It is part of their social life. 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, everywhere I go, it's like, Oh, let's get together and do TikToks or whatever. Yep. It's just part of their their social. Um, it's it's how they communicate with correct. each other. Period. Right. And so COVID have, made that even COVID amplified that. Yeah. Yeah. So on this end, you have that, and you have parents understanding. Okay, this is how my kid or some parents understand. All right, this is how they socialize. Like we don't have phones attached to the wall anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is you know what they do. But then on the other side, you've got kids whose brains aren't developed. You've got, um, you know, things. At, what else did we just say? I'm just terrified. You know, we have the predator issue. We have mm-hmm. um, them, you know, not having this false sense of security, their brains not being fully de- developed. So mm-hmm. you put those two together. And And it makes you want to move to the mountains and not have phones. Yeah. Right. right. But that's not, that's That's not not the case. And so that's kind of what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about Mm -hmm. is like, okay, so these are the two realities that we have. 
how does a parent help a teenager or, or a preteen even mm-hmm. start to navigate social media yes. and technology mm-hmm. well? The number yeah. one thing, and you're absolutely right. It, it's so we have to start thinking of social media as a tool mm-hmm. and presenting it to our kids in that way. Meaning this is a tool and a skill you need to have to be a productive human. And the more that you talk about it, the less taboo that it's going to be. I think where most parents, their apprehension starts is like, well, I don't want to take this away from my kid because then they're, then I'm mean, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how to talk to them about it. And it's because parents didn't have this growing up. They don't know how to relate to it. They literally don't understand. So the first thing I encourage parents to do is simply talk to your kids often and early about being online. And think of it, if they, if you could take one thing away from this podcast, this is the one thing I want parents to take away. Social media literacy, digital literacy is now a skill people need to exist in the world. Yeah. I don't mean that your child needs to be an influencer on TikTok. I don't mean that. And if people want to make their, that, their careers, that's great. Cause that's a good thing about social media is you could literally make millions of dollars just existing on social media. So that's the cool thing about it. (laughs) Right. But to literally just exist as a human, even if you want a basic job, you have to know how to navigate the online world. And so parents need to start thinking, thinking of it as a skill they need to help their kids learn. And I always equate it to learning how to drive a vehicle. Yeah. Learning how to drive a car is a necessary skill people have to have to exist in the world, but you're not going to put your toddler behind the wheel of a car, toss them the keys and say, good luck. Right. (laughs) And then get mad at them when they get into a fender bender five minutes later at the red light, right? Because they don't have the skills to know how to drive the car. However, that toddler is going to grow up to be a teenager who gets a driver's license and you are going to have to trust that they can get in that car without you and be safe and keep other people safe and not get into trouble and go to the store and buy a gallon of milk for you and come back. Right. And so I think when we think of it as a tool and as a skill, rather than this scary, unfamiliar place, that's bad. It, it reframes it because social media could be, a tremendous thing if people used it correctly. Right. Just think about YouTube. You can literally learn how to do anything on YouTube. <laughs> I always I always tease my husband because he always learns everything on everything. YouTube. Like Our he's garbage like, oh, disposal, just... it went out two days ago. YouTube, we fixed mm-hmm. it. Like yep. there's a woman, and this was this is on TikTok somewhere, who literally built her own house herself off of YouTube videos. Oh wow. Like you could, you can learn, you can change your life learning a new skill. We got to think of it as a tool, right? Um, Broken humanity does not use it that way. No, no. And and that's, you're exactly right. We're all human. We're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. This is new territory for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so parents don't need to feel alone in that, but yeah, you know, if you have a teen who is wanting to go to college or get a secondary education and they want a scholarship, Social media is your friend. Mm-hmm. Post the good things that they're doing. Get them to post the good things that they're doing. Get them to see it as 
yes, this is a way you can interact with your friends and this is part of your social life, but this can also like change your life for the good if you use it right, you know? And so that's my goal essentially with parents is to flip the narrative and to get them to not be scared of social media, to be aware of what's going on, to be informed, but to not be afraid of it. Yeah. And look, see it as it's a necessary skill kids need to have to exist as adult humans. Right. And chances are, if your child can safely and positively navigate the digital world, they'll be fine everywhere else. Right. Like they're going to, they're going to be fine. Yeah. And the more that you talk about it as a family, the less taboo of a subject it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I just posted actually a video on TikTok this morning about when I have sessions with families, you know, one-on-one and I, I speak to the kiddos and nine times out of 10, they say, well, if, if I'd make a mistake online, or if I think I see something I might not am supposed to see, or somebody sends me something that makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm too scared to tell my parents about it because I'm scared. They're just going to take away my phone. Right. And so they just don't say anything. And then maybe this problem escalates to a point where it can't be fixed. Right. And, and so the more you talk about it, the less taboo it is and, and let your kids understand you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. This online world thing is weird for everybody. It's yeah. new for everybody. Let's go on this journey together. And I'm, yeah. I don't want to micromanage you. I don't want to be all up in your business, but I am your parent and right. it is my job. And I'm doing you a disservice if we don't talk about this. Right. It's the same exact way if I'm teaching you how to drive, you know, think of the phone as, okay, we're going to go in the Piggly Wiggly parking lot and we're going to practice parking and turning on our blinker. Just like my dad did with me when I was learning how to drive, you got to sit next to them in the front seat of the car and help them learn. Here's the blinker. Here's the brake. Here's the emergency brake. Yeah. Digital habits are the same exact way. Yeah. So that's, that's leads me to a question I want to ask. So in terms of like, I don't know, methods or techniques Mm -hmm. in that sense of balancing, like, okay, I'm, I'm watching over and I'm teaching you Mm -hmm. how to, um, drive the car. Right. Um, but you know, I think parents get scared. They're hovering or they're prying. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about that dynamic Mm -hmm. just in terms of Mm -hmm. what, well, I have so many parents that say that exact thing that you just said, where, you know, I, I want my child to feel like I trust them, but I want them to understand I'm trying to parent them. Yeah. And it, and I'll, I get this with a lot of moms too. Like, I don't want, I feel like I'm, um, invading my child's privacy right? by looking on what they post online or going through their phone. And what I want parents to understand is going, trying to see what your kid's doing online is not the same as if you went into their sock drawer and you pulled out their paper diary and you read right. it. Mm-hmm. That is an invasion of privacy mm-hmm. because think about, it's not a letter, it's a billboard. right? And so you trying to do your due diligence and be aware of what your child is doing online. That is not an invasion of privacy because at its core, social media is not private. Right. So there's no privacy to invade. Right. And that's kind of a good response. Like, because Mm -hmm. I imagine some parents just get tired of the fight, right. Of just exactly forth. (laughs) I'd rather just just let them have the phone. Right. And it's, but that's where parents 
can and do have the opportunity to stand up like this is something Mm -hmm. worth fighting for. And I think it's a good response when they get in that dialogue with their teen of like, if you wanted this to be private, you should not have put it on social mm-hmm. media. You because... need to write it down right. in a journal like everybody had to do in the 80s right? and put it in your sock drawer. That is private. Yes. Um, and, That's a good response. Yeah. And another thing that parents can do also is lead by example. And I know we hear that all the time, like, mm-hmm. duh, right? Right. But the digital habits that your children see, they are going to mimic. And this yeah. is what I mean by that. If you have designated family time, you know, and I pick on my mom all the time. Like I use this example every year when we go on vacation, she's like, we're going to not be on our phones today. (laughs) We are going to have family time and enjoy the beach and we're no phones. She does like this. Okay. (laughs) And we get, I kid you not, we get to the beach chair and we're all settling in. And who is the first one on her phone? It's Abby Morse. And we look over and my dad will be like, Abby, I thought you said we weren't doing the phone thing today. Uh And she's like, oh, I'm just looking on Facebook. And I'm like, why do you get to do it? Right. You know, and so parents need to lead by example digitally, meaning. If you come home and you say, hey, kids, we're having a device-free dinner, that means you too, mom and dad. Right. And it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Because a lot of our work exists in that little computer. Right. And But what's crazy is your child doesn't know the difference because if you say, well, when I'm on my phone, I'm working and that's important. What your child is doing is just as important to them. Right. That video of Bluey is just as important as you answering your work email. Yeah. And so, and it's hard. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that, of course. but if you try to set the example you want your kids to have and good habits that you can start to develop, especially for your, your own brain health, but your children's brain health is when your day is winding down and it's time to go to sleep, turn the devices off. That is one thing parents can do today that is going to make their child's digital health and their digital health better. Um, you know, the, the light in our phones mimics sunlight. Mm. And when our eyes see that, so if we're laying in bed and we're scrolling through TikTok before we're trying to go to sleep, which guilty, okay. Yeah. Like sometimes that's all I want to do is lay in bed and watch TikTok videos and that's okay. But we are literally telling our brains it's daytime. It's not right. nighttime. Right. And so if we just get in the habits of, okay, it's 730 and I want to be asleep by 915, I need to put the devices away. So get into the habit of doing something that is just as easy to pick up and put down as the phone Uh that won't keep you awake. Read a book. Mm -hmm. I tell people that and they're like, what a novel concept. And I'm like, (laughs) but I, I promise you, if you read a book 30 minutes before you go to bed, you will go to sleep. Yeah. Like it will put you to sleep faster than if you scrolled on your phone. And it's because that light is telling your brain, do not go to sleep. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so if we all can get into the habit of, okay, it's seven 30, no more devices. If you're bored, go read a book. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you're bored, go get a coloring book and color or play with the dog or anything, but look at a phone. Right. No, or look at makes, a TV or a tablet. Right. That, no. that makes a lot of sense. Now I know I would imagine because I think I was like dying. I had this question like burning 
last time you were with us, but um, I feel like every parent will want to ask you, what age do you think it's appropriate for social media, which you can answer, but I would mm-hmm. imagine your response it sounds something so like hard. depends on the kid. And, so, it, and it does. So it's I guess so those things, like if I'm looking at my kid and mm-hmm. trying to decide, and, and again, it's, I know it's like a Holy Spirit led thing. You're yes. praying through this, like all of that kind of stuff. But what do you feel like are some things that some characteristics in your child that you would want to look for and say, okay, yes, my kid is, I think we're mm-hmm. ready to go to the next step in teaching them to drive the car. Cause like, just like going back to your car example, you know, I don't let my kid leave the parking lot until I feel like mm-hmm. they know what they're doing there. But I'm like, okay, I see he can break the car. He can turn the car. Okay. He's ready to go out in the mm-hmm. road. So what kind of things are you looking for right. when you're talking about social, um, social media readiness, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of way to put it. Right. And the very easy general answer is it depends on the kid. But what I mean by that is it all boils down to trust level. That's mm. really what it is. Yeah. And going back to the car example, every kid is going to be different. And I use my brother as an example when I talk about cars, because my little brother was literally a competitive race car driver from the time he was 13 till he was 21. Yeah. And they would have more trust in my brother as a seven-year-old driving a car to the Piggly Wiggly to go get milk before they would have trusted Katie, the 15-year-old to go get in the car (laughs) by herself. Because it depends on the kid right? and your level of trust with them. And so I tell parents, if you see that your kid exemplifies or shows you other ways of being responsible in other ways, they're ready for that phone. Right. If they, if they respect rules around other things and boundaries around other things, they might be ready for a phone or for not even their own phone, but like a social media account on a device that you have. Right. Um, And also if you feel that your child is comfortable to come to you with things when they mess up, yeah, um, you know, that's really the main thing is it all boils down to trust, but we also have to understand they're gonna mess up. So we can't freak out when, you know, they mess up because we're all human. We need to show our kids straight grace, just like Christ shows us grace every day. Nobody's perfect. And it just really boils down to each child is different and it's a trust level. Yeah. And if there are any kids listening or teens listening, when you can show your parents that you can handle responsibility, they'll trust you with more of it. They'll give you more rope. Right. Um, and I use the example with my dad all the time. My family is all my examples, but that's what <laughs> I know. And, and to my, like my, my parents are hilarious. They need their own TV show. Um, <laughs> But you're hilarious, so I'm sure that you get it from them. But um, when I was in high school, I I was I begged my parents I wanted to go to this party, and I was I want to say I was probably a junior in high school, so I was old enough to drive. But you know, I want to go to this party. All my friends are going. Everybody's going, and it was after like homecoming dance or something like that, right? And they're like, "Well, are are kids going to be drinking?" And I'm like probably, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was the first thing to my dad where he's like, well, when I knew you didn't lie and say, no, nobody's going to be drinking when 
I knew that they were going to be because I was also a teenager one time. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, people I'm sure are going to be drinking, but you know, I won't be drinking, but I don't want to be left out and I really want to go. Yeah. And so he said, okay, I'm going to let you go to this party. But if you get there and there are underage kids drinking and there are, and there either are no adults or there are adults. Cause if there are adults letting underage kids drink, that's also a problem. Right. And, but if there are people drinking and to, I need you to call me and tell me, and I'm going to have to come get you. And I'm like, okay. And so I get there and I don't know why I was shocked, but kids were drinking like sailors right. and they were 17 <laughs> years old. And I'm like, gosh, like, I really want to be here. But like, dad said, I need to let him know. And I'm like, hey, I pulled out my little Nokia phone that kids don't even know Uh exists now. It was like a brick and it only had buttons. You couldn't text. I call him. I'm like, hey, I know you just dropped me off 45 minutes ago, but I need you to come get me. Mm. And, And he's like, okay. And he turned right back around and he was like, you okay? Did something happen? I said, well, no, you told me to call you if there were kids drinking and everybody probably, but me and a couple other people were drinking. And so here I am. Right. And he's like, well, one, let's go to Dairy Queen because you did a good thing by telling me to come get you. Right. And, and, but I'm telling you after that, they trusted me to go places. Right. And I got to go to the parties and they knew that I would make good choices and be honest with them, even if it was something that they didn't want to hear. Right. And so if there are any kids listening, if you see something online that you think you shouldn't see, or someone sends you something that is inappropriate or makes you feel a certain type of way, talk to your parents about it and be like, Hey, I got this. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Or I accidentally got on this website and I want to let you know, like, what do I do? Right. And I promise you the more we all talk about it, the more comfortable we will be with each other. Yeah. And that seems like the biggest takeaway is Mm -hmm. just open communication, because I think on that flip side, your parents' response to you being open and honest and not freak out and be like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, you're at a party and they're drinking, blah, blah, blah. You know, like the same thing when the kids bring the, Mm -hmm. the website or the whatever, the way we respond. It's all about that. It was him saying. Okay, so well, big. let's let's go to Dairy Queen and get some ice cream and sit in the parking lot and talk about it. Yeah. And I'm going to explain to you like why it's not okay for this to be happening. Yeah. Or let's talk about why it's not okay for, you know, a boy to ask you to send you pictures of yourself. Yeah. And you're not wrong for not wanting to do it or you're not, you know, Right. That's really what it is. Yeah. Is the open dialogue and the trust. Yeah. Because you, again, I keep referring back to, we should, we need to do another. <laughs> Bring it on. You call me, yes. and you, you let me know. I'll be there. We, we're going to set this up, but okay. um, just like you had said something about you, that shocked me at the time. And my kids mm-hmm. were quite younger of like, entering into a social media and stuff with them like mm-hmm. not just being like we don't touch it we don't talk about it you know mm-hmm. i love the love the way that you have framed this conversation in the way of this is a tool that yes. parents need to teach cuz that's what parenting is all about te- training our kids to be their mm-hmm. own parent 
is it, this is a tool just like driving a car that needs to be taught to our kids how to use well. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and the biggest part of that is an open line of communication and mm-hmm. creating a safe environment where when the kids do mess up, that yeah. you're the person they run to, not run from. Mm-hmm. Because they're scared of repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell parents too, their unfamiliarity and their anxiety around it as parents sometimes comes from not knowing what goes on. Right. So I encourage parents to get a TikTok. Like if your kids are every day asking you if they can get a TikTok, you get one. Right. Because the more you see what's going on, the more informed you will be. And you'll, you'll see what's really going on. And then you can also use it as an opportunity to bond with your kids because it's not all bad, right? You know, we hear all these horror stories about it's melting kids' brains and they see all this stuff, but it's also all about how you use it. I learned how to cook scrambled eggs properly for the first time in my life two weeks ago. Cause I saw a TikTok video, <laughs> like it's not TikTok. all bad. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that you can have as a family where like now me and my mom and my dad like have like inside jokes about TikToks that we watched. Right. And so it's, it's not all bad. And so if, right. you, if you go and put yourself where your kids might be, you'll feel a little bit better about it. There won't yeah. be this unfamiliarity that makes us nervous. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. um, now that you say that. So we'll. So as we wrap up, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we've, t- I, I'm just, I'm loving every second of this conversation and could actually keep going for, I have so many questions, <laughs> well, then, but, but you just bring me back again and we'll yes, we can talk more. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything else you feel like that we haven't really touched on yet that you feel like is important for parents to know either about you know, in terms of their understanding or practically what to do that we haven't really touched on. Mm-hmm. I think that what parents really need to to hear, and I've, I've touched on this already, but it's not all bad mm-hmm. and the world is imperfect. We're all imperfect. And social media is just a part of the world that we live in. And this is just another tool we have in our tool belt to teach our kids, like you said, to parent themselves. And if we turn it on a positive note and we think about ourselves and our relationships to Christ and really what we can do to show the world of Christ's love, social media is a huge way to do that. Yes. And so, you know, if we teach our kids, you know, what is what we're putting online? What is that? Is what we're doing online leading other people to Christ? Right. And I don't mean you need to go be a Christian influencer on TikTok and then a Bible verse on every picture that you post and you need to hit people over the head with a Bible. Right. But is your vibe, your aura, is, is that going to attract people to be like, there's something about that person Mm -hmm. and I want to know more, not, you know, well, I just, God, I, and I get on TikTok and there are Christian influencers and I'm not n- knocking any of them, but I'm not saying people need to go do that. Right. This is another way that we can, as a family, as people like show God's love and just who we are Yeah. and it can help guide our decisions online. And so yeah. I'll leave people with what I call the church test. And mm-hmm. 
and not everyone is, you know, religious, not everyone, you know, follows this, but it's a great example because everyone's been at least been in some kind of church once in their life. Right. And, um, and my grandfather was a pastor and, you know, I grew up in church and I tell parents to tell their kids this, if what you're looking at online or what you're posting or what you're engaging with, if you would not put it on the screen in church, (laughs) maybe you don't need to look at it or you don't, you need to leave that alone. Mm -hmm. And when you think of it like that, it's all about your perspective and, and what you look at. So if you are getting on your phone and it, it makes you angry or it makes you sad with what you see on social media, flip that perspective. Would I want this on the screen in church in front of everybody and Jesus and my grandma, you know, (laughs) And it kind of helps us guide our decisions. Yeah. So when we run through what we're doing online through the church test, it helps answer a lot of ambiguity and it helps clear up a lot of that confusion. Right. Um, I always use this example. You should always be yourself. And it's not about being fake and putting out this fake perfectionism thing out into the world. But if you let that church test concept guide your decisions, you will make better decisions for you and for you in the future. Yeah. And, you know, I, every summer I go to the beach and, you know, we're out on the beach and I I have on a bikini and because I am 21 and I am an adult, I might have an adult beverage in my hand. Right. And let's say that I, somebody snaps a picture of me and I look at it. I'm like, dang, this is a cute picture of me. I got this spray tan and I'm not blinding people with my paleness and like, (laughs) I I like this picture. And then you sit back and you're like, there's nothing wrong with this picture. There's nothing bad about it. Right. But would I want this on the screen in church? Right. And not that I'm pretending to be somebody that I'm not, but is, is this what I want to put out? Right. You know, so it's not about being somebody that you're not, it's about making wise decisions because is what we're doing, helping lead people to Christ. Yeah. And I think I love what you said, because it's not about leading them to legalism and being this like big Bible thumper or whatever. But I was speaking to a group of students a couple months ago, and I just said, if, you know, the only way that somebody could get to know you was through your posting, like that's Mm -hmm. it. What kind of impression would they get Mm -hmm. about you? Would they say, you're a loving person, that you're a kind person, that you're a joyful person, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that doesn't, and that has nothing to do with like throwing Bible verse graphics Mm -hmm. up there, but just in general, like what, if I found out you were a Christian, would your social media line up with that in terms of the way you lived your life? I I love that you said that because my grandpa always used to say this and I miss him so much. He was just so good. And he would always say, people shouldn't have to ask you if you're a mm. Christian. Yeah. They should be able to tell. And it has nothing to do with, like you said, can you recite the Bible word for word, Genesis right. to Revelation? <laughs> it's not about that. It's, no. it's about who you are day, day to day. There's something about this person, and I don't know what it is, but I want to learn more. Yeah. And that and social media is a part of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Katie, thank you. I mean, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Last thing. Um, mm-hmm. if someone wanted to learn more about the redhead method, um, mm-hmm. what should, where should they go? What should they do? Cause I know you do trainings and all kinds yes. of stuff. Um, and I do trainings everywhere. I don't, I don't just do things in person. I do online zoom trainings just like this. 
Um, but if anyone is interested, one, you can follow me on social media because I like to walk <laughs> what I talk. Um, and I like, and you are very funny. She is an awesome follow. She, you are like one of my favorite follows. Thank you. That makes me feel good because sometimes (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing? Oh no, Um, it's hilarious. (laughs) But people can follow me. I have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and it's just, just search redhead method, social media education, and you'll see my redhead icon on there. Okay. Cause you um, are a redhead. That's where it comes I am. To. We yes. did not, we did not specify this. And I, I'm wearing a hat. So I'm like, you can't really see, right. but <laughs> yes, I am. I am redhead. And, um, it's all about branding girl. I got to yep. make myself stand out. I'm like, what, what, am, what do I do? I'm like, well, I'm redheaded. There uh-huh. it is. And um, and I have a website, um, redheadmethod.com. Okay. And, um, if anyone just wants to email me directly, I'm very communicative with all of my clients and you can shoot me an email. It's just redheadmethod at gmail.com. And um, I'd love to work with anybody that's interested. And, you know, parents, of course, um, but anybody. It's business yeah. professionals, it's teens, it's student athletes, it's parents, young, old, in between. Everybody like needs you said, this. everybody needs it. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much you. for being here today. This was awesome. Thank you. I had so much fun. It was a great way to start my Friday. Now I'm like, I can go fight crime now. Right. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Katie Morris Lebreton and feel a little more equipped to help your kids navigate the social media world well. Like Katie said, in today's society, teaching our children how to use social media in a healthy way is on par with teaching them how to drive a car. If you would like to find more information about Katie and the Redhead Method social media education, you can check out the information provided in the show notes. You can also connect with her about bringing a Redhead social media education training to your church or other organization by contacting her through her website, theredheadmethod.com. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. It's probably true that most of us want to navigate hard seasons of family life well. And it's also probably true that when it comes to really tough things like the topic discussed today, we simply don't know how. That's why I want to make sure you know that No Heart Left Behind offers biblically-based counseling, both virtually and in person, for anyone in need of professional support through tough seasons and issues. No Heart Left Behind's counseling looks to bring faith and counseling together. While our counselors have different certifications and utilize various methods for counseling, our team of counselors believe in the Holy Spirit's power to break the bondage of sin, heal the wounds of the heart, and provide the guidance needed in resolving personal issues. Even better, NHLB believes that healing shouldn't be hindered by finances, so we simply require a love offering or donation for our counseling services determined by each client. Counseling can be such a life-giving experience, and personally, it is one of the best decisions I have ever made for myself and my family. If you want to know more about NHLB counseling, please check out the link in our show notes or visit our website at noheartleftbehind.com. Thank you.